Wow. Well, man, you guys, that is really, really good news and something that we need to be reminded of all the time. Personally, for me, even as I walked outside and saw the sun and our beautiful mountains, it just reminds me again how good God is. You know, in the Old Testament, they had a mantra that they said all the time, especially even in really key situations, and it simply was this, the Lord is good and his love endures forever. And it was that fact right there that the Lord's good and his, and his love endures forever is what they put their hope in. And they needed it, man, because if you read the Old Testament, they went through a lot of really difficult times. Tons of wars, famines, droughts, exile, and yes, plagues. It was hard. And they often lived in these times and they needed hope. But here's what they knew. They knew that this hardship wouldn't last. And so today, I don't know, I just felt like I wanted to remind us that uh, there's hope. Because we need it. And, and you hear it all the time, right? Right now we'll say, man, I hope we don't get sick. I hope that people do the social distancing thing. We hope that the economy won't crash. We hope that our leaders will make the right decisions. We hope this won't last very long. But, you, but you, if you notice, there's something missing when we say those things. And it's confidence. When we hope like that, it doesn't breed confidence. And I think that's what produces so much of the anxiety and the fear in our own hearts and in the world today is if you can't have confidence. And so what I want to share with you today is that the biblical hope is actually a confident expectation. That's what they had. And it was because no matter what the situation was around them, their confidence was they didn't know what was going to happen. They didn't even know how God was going to work or what the future might hold. They knew one thing, but God's good and his love endures forever. And so their hope was in him. But then, even though they didn't know some things, I tell you, the New Testament, and this is what I can't wait to share with you today, Jesus Christ, when he came, all of a sudden, the hope became very clear. Super clear. There are some things that we can know today that can give us hope right now. So here's, before I pray, because I want to pray for you, but I'm gonna, I want to tell you Paul's prayer in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18. Here's what he prayed. He goes, I pray, and this is my prayer for you and for me, that the eyes of your heart will be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. So man, before I unpack this hope, let's just pray together. I just want to pray for you. I want to pray for us. I want to pray for our world and ask that God would actually answer that prayer right there and enlighten our hearts hearts so that we know this hope. I just know about it. We experience the hope of God. All right, let's pray. Father, in a day today where so much is uncertain, where things change on a regular basis, where the future is unknown, we come to you. 
and we worship you. We gather together to worship you, to sing praises to you, to remind ourselves that you are faithful. You are a faithful God and that you're good. So God, I just thank you that you're present with us, that you're present with every person right now, no matter where they are. In their own home, you're there. And I pray that they would sense you. I pray that they would hear your voice. I pray that the deep part of their being would be enlightened today so that they would know the hope that you want to give them and these riches of this inheritance that's ours in Christ. So God, thank you for every person who's joining, every person who's watching. And I just pray for your blessing on them. And that this moment, this moment right here, will be a moment where we experience the living God of hope. Lord, before I go on though too, I do just want to pray and ask that you would move, that you would move in this world. The whole world needs you. God, world leaders need you. Our presidents, leaders of nations, cities and states need you. We pray for them. We ask for you to give them guidance and wisdom to make the right decisions. We pray for our medical community. Ask, Lord Jesus, please keep them healthy, protect them, watch over them. Give them endurance, give them strength, give them wisdom. Lord, we just pray your blessing on them. And we pray for those who are sick today. And we ask God for your healing touch, for your comfort. We believe that you are the Lord of lords over all things. And we ask for you to move. And we're grateful, God, that you are present, that you hear us, and that you're with us. And now we just ask that your word would be powerful and effective in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so I've been uh, just kind of in my own personal time every day, reading it, uh, in the book of Hebrews. So a lot of what I'm going to pull out of here today comes from there. It's an, it's an amazing reality of what God has revealed to us. But I'm going to start off in Hebrews chapter 6, <clears throat> verse 17 through 19. There are some great words in here for us in the midst of a world that's shaking right now, that's constantly changing, that's unknown. Look at what, look at what the writer says. He says, because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose. There's the first one. God's purpose is unchanging. Everything else might be changing. God's purpose is unchanging. He wanted to make his un, the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear to the heirs of what was promised. So I just want to encourage you today. God wants to make this very clear for you today. Because he wanted to, he confirmed it with an oath. And God did this so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled to take hold of the hope set out before us may be greatly encouraged. Oh man, I I just hope that's what happens today. I hope you'll be greatly encouraged by the unchanging nature of God. And then he says, we have this hope as an anchor for our soul. Firm and secure. That's what's ours today. That's what can be yours today. Your soul, the deep part of your being, can actually have an anchor. And it won't be moved. 
And so I actually have another um, acronym for you today, uh, which again, I, I, I usually don't do this, but I think they can be super helpful. And I, I think as I'm studying, God's just kind of laying these out for me. So last week, right, if, if you're rattled, then there's actually peace for you. And so we did the R-A-T-L, that you can rejoice in the Lord when you're feeling anxious, that you can ask him with thanksgiving, that you can think about what's excellent and you can love him with all your heart. And the scriptures tells us if you do those four things, then you won't be rattled. You'll have his peace. Well, today, um, my acronym is simply HOPE. And I want to give you four truths. Like when that last week, when it said to think about what is excellent, man, here are four realities, four truths for you to hold on to, to think about deeply, because these are excellent and they're true. All right? So here's the H of hope. You and I are an heir. We are heirs. He said he wants to make very clear the purpose of his, his purpose to the heirs of what he has promised. Now, I don't know if you're an heir. Uh, my, my, my dad is, is living, and so uh, I don't know if, if I'm an heir at all. But it was really interesting. Before I met Susie... Um, her grandmother had just recently passed away. And she was 97 years old. <laughs> Amazing life. She was a very, very strong German woman. She had lost her husband early on. She had only been married for 10 years. And she worked as a switchboard operator most of her life. Do you guys, do you guys remember those? <laughs> Not many of us uh, would remember what a switchboard operator is. But then... When Susie was growing up, actually as a kid, she made doilies. You guys know the little flurly little doilies? And then she would make some blankets. And, and she just would sell these things at crafts. Well, um, her son, my, my wife's uh, uh, dad, had passed away. And so anything that she had, she was going to pass on to him. And so she was concerned after he passed away, like, okay, what do I, what do, I do now with my resources? She had no idea what she had at all. So Susie's brother actually started pulling all the information together and making sure that she wouldn't lose a lot of this money, but that it would go to Susie and her family. Well, as her brother started going through all of this, they had no idea, and she didn't even know she had a lot of money. In fact, as Mike continued to, to investigate, she's like, he finally told the family, he's like, hey, you guys, um, grandma's a millionaire. A switchboard operator who made doilies <laughs> had a million dollars because she had saved all that. It's unbelievable. But here's the, here's the point I want to help you understand. Nobody knew. They didn't have any idea that that was there. What God is saying to you is he wants you to know. And he wants to make it really clear that you're an heir and that the promises of God are unchanging and the purposes of God are yours and they're yours. And here's the key in Hebrews chapter nine, verse 15 through 17. It says this, for this reason, because of what Jesus has done, Christ is the mediator of a new covenant that those who are called may receive, here you go, the promised eternal inheritance. Promised 
eternal inheritance. God's like, I want you to know this. I don't lie. I am unchanging and I am promising you something. I, and I, I even made an oath to unchangeable things of my nature because you're an heir. And if you're an heir, I want you to know very clearly what you have. And it is an eternal inheritance. Now that he has died as a ransom to set them free from the sins committed under the first covenant. Now listen to this. In the case of a will, it is necessary to prove the death of the one who made it. Because a will is in force only when somebody has died. It never takes effect while the one who made it is living. And so it's so important for us in this passage, he says, you need to understand that Christ has died as a ransom. And because he died, the will is in effect. He died. The force of the will is yours right now. It's in effect right now. The promises of God have been put into effect because Christ has died for you. I love it. In Ephesians 1, 3, it says, So praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realm with every spiritual blessing in Christ. <laughs> That's amazing. So you're an heir, but actually, I, I want to ask you a question. Are you an heir? Are you an heir? And really, the question there is, are you a child of God? See, because in Romans chapter 8 and in Galatians 4, in both places, the writer Paul, he makes it, the argument very clear that once you are a child, when you're a child of God, he goes, therefore, you are an heir. Now, I'm seeing people already this morning wishing me a happy birthday. So today is my birthday. Um, <laughs> the four people here are all excited for me. Um, but, but here's the point. So I celebrate my birth today. You know, you know what happened? I have a mom and a dad. And I am my father's son. And nothing can change that. Nothing can change that. I am his child. And here's what the Bible tells us, you guys, that when you become a child of God, then he promises you the inheritance is yours, a promised eternal inheritance. But here's what I have to just say before I go on. Because John chapter 1, verse 12 says this, to all, to all, which is great news, to all who receive Christ, to those who believed in his name, he gives the right to become a child of God. So here's what I want to tell you. Every one of you watching, I don't have to know you to wonder if God loves you. I know he loves you. That God so loved the world. That means you, that he sent his son so that anyone who would believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting, eternal life. But see, the key here is you actually have to receive Christ. You have to believe in him. That's all you got to do. 
You don't have to try to be good. You don't have to be super religious. You don't have to get your act together. You simply have to believe that Jesus Christ really is the Son of God and then receive him. Say, God, I actually want you in my life. And then he says, and as soon as you have that faith, as soon as you put your faith in him, he goes, I give you the right and you become my child. Born, the verse goes on, born of God. His spirit comes and joins your spirit. So I I just want to say, if you haven't put your faith in Christ, everything I'm going to teach uh, today, here's what I want to encourage you. There is an anchor for your soul. There is something that's beyond your ability to stay calm. There is something that's greater than the loss of anything. Your health, your job, your finances, people you love. There is an anchor deep in the soul of you that God wants to give you as soon as you become his child. And all you gotta do is receive Christ. So I just wanna make sure you hear that, that this is available to you if you don't yet believe, okay? And now, for all of us who have, I just want you to know, because I think sometimes we have, I I have put my faith in Christ. Well, then we need to live like the air, (laughs) We need to, we have, a, we have every spiritual blessing. We have eternal promises and inheritance that's ours, okay? And that's what I'm explaining to you. But the first thing you need to do to have an anchor in your soul, you need to know that you're an heir. You need to know it. And once that happens, then we can get to the other three, okay? So there's the H, heir. Here's the second one, O. And O is once for all. Once for all. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 10, and then verse 14. Look at this. And by that will, meaning the will of God. God has a will. God had a purpose. And he wants to make this purpose very clear. And it was to be with you. And he says, and by that will, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Verse 14 says, for by one sacrifice... He has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. You know, I I was asking Susie, like, what's the O in this? Well, it's right there in the scripture. It's once for all. The other O you could put in there is, it's over. (laughs) It's over. Christ's sacrifice has absolutely taken care of you forever. He has paid the penalty for all of your sin, so that you are forgiven everything you've ever done. Your debt has been paid. You guys know, I was actually talking to a friend of mine who's an attorney for for estate planning. He said it's actually a very common practice in a will for parents to be able to say, hey, after we die, we want our funds to pay off all the debts that our children owe. Come on, man, think about that. Anybody owe owe some debts? (laughs) Can you imagine? All your debt, gone. That's what Jesus Christ did for you. And so the hope is that you can have an anchor inside your soul saying, oh my goodness. Then if Jesus died once and for all, for all of my sin, that means the ones I have committed, that means the ones I will committed, it's covered. I never have to fear ever again. Any punishment from God 
or being separated from God. I can live without any guilty conscience whatsoever. And some of you don't have that, man. And, and you're worried and you're fearful because you just don't know if God's with you or not. But if you're a believer in Jesus, if you've received him, then he goes, I want to make sure you understand something. You're an heir. And part of the eternal inheritance that you have is forgiveness of all your sin once for all. And the anchor for your soul is you have no debt to pay because Jesus has paid it and you can be at peace with God. And that is an anchor for your soul. That's the O. And here's the P and it flows right along with this and that is his presence. The other inheritance that Jesus, when he died and the will took effect immediately is God says, okay, now you and I, since now that you're forgiven, you and I get to be together and I will be with you. And I want to tell you, man, this is huge. Have you ever been completely alone in the dark? Have you ever been completely alone in the dark? I grew up out in the country in Michigan my dad built our home on seven acres out in, uh, in, the, in the forest. And so uh, when it was nighttime, and if it was a cloudy night, it was dark. <laughs> there were no street lights. You couldn't see anything. When I was in high school, my family was out of town. And I was over at my girlfriend's house, and we were watching a movie. And the movie got done, and uh, the next movie uh, that was going to show came up and I was standing there, I was putting my coat on and I'm watching this and, and the scene was a guy and a girl out in the forest in the middle of the woods and they were in their car and they were making out and uh, they heard this noise and so the guy got a little concerned and so he gets out of the car and then nothing and she's waiting and she's waiting and she's waiting and then all of a sudden she keeps hearing this And she's worried and she's scared. And so I'm sitting there and I'm watching. And she gets out of the car and her boyfriend is hanging. Someone had killed him. And he's swinging and his hand is hitting the car back and forth. And then the title of the movie came up and he goes, he knows you're alone. And I'm like, okay, great. Okay, see you later. And then I have to drive 15, 20 minutes through dirt roads in the forest in, this, in, in Michigan and I pull up to my house and all I can think is, he knows I'm alone. And I'm telling you, man, I was freaking out. I drove my car up. I took the lights. I put the brights on. I shined them on the house, wiped my brow, came out of the car, opened up the door, and I went in the house. I just ran and I flicked on all the lights in the house, turned them all on. So I'm watching just to make sure there's nothing there. And then... I laid down and I turned my stereo as loud as it could go so I couldn't hear a thing because I couldn't stand the silence. And I want to tell you, man, I was frightened. Now, you know, you know what's crazy? Is even turning on all the lights and being able to see didn't take away my fear. And sometimes... We can learn stuff, you know, and we can get knowledge about God and we can turn on lights and, and that's helpful. It was helpful, but it didn't take away my fear. You know, the story would have been totally different if when I pulled, when I drove home 
from my girlfriend's house and pulled up on the driveway, a little hill, long driveway, and got to my house. If I would have opened up the door, my mom and dad would have been like, hey, Dave, how's it going? If my family had been home, I would have had no fear. Here's what I want to tell you. You can live every moment of your life with God actually present in your life. And it changes everything. And the things we get so scared about and so freaked out about, and we can learn about him and that's helpful, we must, but it's when we have him in us. And God is saying, I want to make something really clear here. When Jesus Christ died, the will was put into effect And what came to effect was I came literally into your life. Look at this in Titus chapter 3. It says, When the kindness and the love of God our Savior appeared and he saved us. Now look, this is great. Not because of righteous things we had done. Again, it's not anything we do. But because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that having been justified by his grace, that's the the once for all. Justified means completely clean. No guilt, completely. That's the once for all. Since we have been done, justified by his grace, we might become heirs. (laughs) having the hope of eternal life. And I've been saying this each week, and I'll probably say it every week because this is what we've got to believe. Jesus says, eternal life is that you know me. Eternal life is that you know me. You you actually experience me. You get to share your life with me, and I share my life with you. And when God is with you and he's in you, there's hope because God Almighty, powerful, good, loving, righteous is with you. Look at this, Ephesians chapter 3, 14 and 15. says, when you believed, okay? So let me go back, remember? You become a child of God. When you receive and when you believe. He says, when you believed, you were marked in Christ with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. You guys remember this? God wanted to make clear his purpose. The promises that are for you. Part of the promise was to forgive you. The other promise was that he would give you his Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is a deposit guaranteeing. See? Not another shaky word like, oh, I hope maybe. Nope. When you receive the Holy Spirit, you are guaranteed your inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. You guys, listen, all you Christians out there, there's not one moment of any day that the almighty God is not inside your soul. See, that's why it's an anchor for your soul because God and all that he is, peace and joy and love and strength. He is with you. 
You're an heir once for all. And you have his presence. And I just want to say for any of you who are here today and you don't actually believe and you're not at that place and you aren't experiencing God's presence, it's available to you. And I tell you, when you have that, you have hope. You know, I I had this little phrase that came to me a couple months ago and I just came to realize nothing can come against me Nothing can come against me that doesn't have to come against Jesus. Nothing. There will be nothing that ever happens to me that doesn't also happen to Jesus because his presence is with me. And that presence, you guys, these are where those classic verses are so helpful. Like Jeremiah 29, 11, that says, I, God says, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And see, and so now Jesus is with me and he's not, he's gonna be with me tomorrow and he's gonna be with me a year from now. He's, he's, so my future and my hope are secure. I don't know what he's gonna do, but I know him and I know he's going to be with me. And then Romans 8, 28, which we love so much. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. And then again, and he said, I want to make sure that my purpose is very clear to all of you who've been called. And here's my purpose. I don't want you to go through one more second without me. And that's hope. The anchor for my soul is I'm an heir of an eternal promise inheritance. And once for all, Jesus has totally taken care of all my sin and God is with me. All right? And here's the E. Heir, once for all, presence, it's eternity. It's eternity. See, guys, the thing about hope, hope is always hoping for something good, hoping for something better. And God says, well, I want to let you know something. I have eternity ready for you. 1 Peter 1, 3 through 6 says this, Praise be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth. Okay, there it is again. That's why this is so important. You become a child. We've received new birth, but into what? Into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. See, part of the reason that all of us are shaking a little bit and some of you are shaking a lot is because the very thing that your hope is in is not secure. Our health, our jobs, our money, earthquakes. I just read there was a tornado that ripped through Arkansas. See, see, all these things are out of our control and they can perish, spoil, and fade. And so you put your hope in those and then all those, also, that's when you could say, all oh, hope is lost. <laughs> and God wants to tell you today, not in me, not in me. Because you have an inheritance promised eternal. Yes, I took care of everything in your past. Yes, I'm with you right now. But you need to know this is not 
what it's all about. This life and this world is temporary, and then we're going home. And you can know that. And so he says that. He goes, this inheritance, the next week he goes on, this inheritance is kept in heaven for you. It's kept there. Like, you, you can know this. Do you remember uh, earlier about the presence? It said, when, as soon as you, when you believed, it says, you received the Holy Spirit as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. Now, part of what he guarantees is that God will be with you every moment here. But the other guarantee that once you know you're a child of God, you're a child of God forever. And he guarantees what is to come. And we all know what's going to come. I mean, at some point, we're all, we're all leaving this place. <laughs> we're all going to die. But when you are an heir, you're like, then I get to go home. <laughs> I'm going home. This moment is short. Now, it goes on, it says, the, the, the inheritance is kept in heaven for you who through faith are shielded by God's power, okay? Remember he said, I want you to know the incomparably great power? So God's power can actually shield you. Remember last week, guard your heart and your mind? So God's power shields you until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all this, you greatly rejoice, That was last week. Rejoice in the Lord. Though now, for a little while, you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. So I don't want to minimize this. Losing jobs is hard. Losing your financial security is tough. Our health, okay? Seriously, I just, these are big deals And if we lose them, it's normal and even right to grieve loss. It's okay to be sad. But the Bible tells us, but we are those who do not grieve without hope. But it's okay to grieve. But even while we're experiencing, I mean, look at these words, suffering, grief, all kinds of trial, those are hard. But even in the midst of that, he goes, in in all of this, he goes, you greatly rejoice. Why? Because you are receiving the salvation of your souls. You are receiving it, the salvation of your soul. So we rejoice because we have hope. 2 Corinthians 4, one of my favorite verses just says, so we fix our eyes. Not on what is seen, because what is seen is temporary. But what is unseen is eternal. So we fix our eyes on that. And you guys, there's an anchor for your soul. I'm a child of God. And the inheritance is mine. And it's already in effect, because Jesus Christ died, so it could be in effect. And the effect is, once for all, I have been saved once for all. I am being saved because his presence is with me in every moment. And I will be saved because when I die, I'm going to be with him in heaven forever. And that is the anchor for your soul. So as the band comes up, let me just read how Peter ended this. He said this, 
Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you don't see him now, you believe in him. And you are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your soul. Your soul. There's an anchor for your soul. Right now, today, you can have hope in God. And so, what do we do? What do we do? You guys, I, here's what I want to encourage you. Draw near to God. That's my application for you today. The application in Hebrews, over and over again, is, he, goes, he keeps saying, since all of this is true, since all of this is true, draw near to God. Draw near to God. You're doing it today, way to go. I want to encourage you, man, again, every morning I draw near to God. I need his hope, man. I need his peace. I need to be reminded. You can read the scripture and pray every morning. And again, I encourage you, read the Psalms right now. It's a great place to go. Draw near to God. Draw near Life Together groups. Encourage each other. That's the other message in Hebrews. Don't give up meeting together, but encourage each other. We need to be reminded that we are in error, that we have this inheritance right now, that we have this hope. So keep drawing near together, together. Draw near to God together, okay? And if you don't have that, join us Thursday night on our gathering. Join us on Thursday night with K2 at 6.30. And you'll have a chance to be encouraged with that. You guys, this, this, this last song is so great. It just says in this classic hymn, my hope is built on nothing less. And if you read these, these as you sing these verses as we close, the first verse says, my hope is built in nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. And that's the once for all. My hope is not in how good I am. My hope is that Jesus Christ has saved me. And then the second verse says, when darkness veils his lovely face, I rest on his unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil. Why? Because I'm a child of God. And his presence is with me. And it's an anchor for my soul. And then the last verse says, And when he shall come with trumpet sound, oh, may I then in him be found, clothed in righteousness alone, faultless to stand before the throne. When it's all said and done, I get to stand before God as holy, without blemish, free of accusation. And all the struggle, all the pain, all the anxiety, all the fear, all the sickness and all the death is done and you're home. So draw near to God right now in this last song. Join our team as they lead you in worship and just fix your eyes on the hope, on the hope that's yours in Jesus Christ.